Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Music Seeds, the music that made us. I am your host, Johnny. This is the part two episode of the best biopics out there. This is taken from a list offline, and me and Jack Miller sit down and discuss those best biopics. If we miss the ones you love, after this podcast, listen for a way to get to us and let us know which ones are your favorites. Also, after this podcast, I'll talk a little bit about what's been going on the last few weeks. But without any further ado, here we go. Giddy up. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds, the music that made us. My next one mm-hmm. to talk about would be the what we what we were talking about in a previous episode was the actor the actor musician thing is um, Jimmy Fox playing Ray uh, Ray Charles. Yes, another one who embodied the role. Yeah. I mean, some people were born to play certain things, and I think that Jimmy Fox was the right guy for that role. Oh um, yeah, you know, and, and once again, he, Ray was Ray Charles was, was still with us at the time. And, yeah, and he yeah, actually oh, condone or was like, yeah, I want, yeah, you do, you can do this. Yeah, he he wrote, he pretty much signed off on Jimmy Fox being the guy to yeah. play him, mm-hmm. play himself, and and um, and said that what he what he listened to obviously didn't watch the movie. Yeah. Like, not not making any fun, but everybody knows that Ray Charles is blind. He listened and knew and and was able to say yes, yes you're doing this right. This is yes, this and is what happened. Him and actually exactly. was able to work with him on what he needed to you know learn and say yes, no, this isn't how it happened. This is what I said then and, and whatever. Or how yeah. to sing? So he exactly the, how this song came to be and how I did this part. And Jamie Foxx being a good vocalist as well was able to do mm-hmm. his own vocals as well. And I, so I think that goes a long way for me when you do these musical biopics. Yeah. If the actor can sing. You know, it doesn't always work out, but I mean, or, you know, sometimes they can do it differently. Like Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek didn't do his vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, like we were talking about, um, what's his name didn't do it for Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yeah. Um, you know, Clooney didn't sing in that one. You know, Edgerton did for Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm sorry for Rocket Man. I think to me that makes it it, it adds a little more to it. Yeah. It doesn't. T- it just adds a little, a little spice. You know, that if that you can't do it, don't do it. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the ones that's the newer one. I found, I don't mean to steal one, but the new Whitney Houston one is coming out. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know if the actress playing her is doing yeah. her, if they're using old vocals from Whitney or what they're... I don't know exactly how it's coming to pass, but I'm looking forward to that, and I'm also hoping that they don't gloss over Whitney's struggles because yeah. I think, just like we were, uh, we talked about Elvis, Elvis comes up on his podcast because uh, the guy was a once-in-a-lifetime, Michael Jackson yeah. too, a once-in-a-lifetime unbelievable talent. I put Whitney Houston in that same category. When you listen to... to Peak Whitney Houston. No one could touch her. She was the vocalist. Yeah. She had the look. She had dynamic range. And it's a shame. When I think about what happened to her over the later part of her life, it's sad. But it should be yeah. a cautionary tale. It should be presented. And there's a lot, too, that apparently I'm not sure if they're going to touch on it or not, too, besides the drugs, is that apparently they're letting know now because the way everybody's open about everything is that she apparently had a relationship with a woman. Oh, I didn't know anything yeah, about that. And, and, you know, and to me, yeah. that does that, that. To me, that's secondary. I don't. I don't even get. No, that I'm just like it's, it's, it's surprising. Maybe because, that was you know, one of the struggles that led down that road. Is what I'm saying. You oh, know? because she, she couldn't be who she wanted to be because yeah. she, it would have ruined her image and yeah. and her sales and you know and all this. It's, it makes you wonder sometimes. You know, like we don't know what somebody's battling. You know, no, we that's don't true. Know, you know. Right, and like you said, that could have definitely would have had a, a negative impact on the the machine that was Whitney Houston at the time. Here's one. 
that I want to see that I have not watched yet, I know is really well done because I've had friends tell me that. And the reason I also want to bring it up is because they're one of the nominees this year for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that is Joy Division. Oh, yeah, I, I, have, not, yeah, I have not seen that as well, but mm-hmm. I've heard good things also. Me too. And it got a 7.6 rating out of 10. So nice. It's about Ian Curtis and, and obviously the band Joy Division, but mainly about Ian Curtis, about their whole career. And they're one of these bands that helped the electronic era of music. They know? were the, how would you say it, one of the pioneers of early alternative slash goth. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I'm a, I'm a, I, I can't say I'm a big Joy Division fan, but I do enjoy them. My exactly. Wife, my yes. wife comes from that. I was more New Order. Yeah. I was more heavy metal I was yeah, more, more yeah. of an 80s metal guy so I didn't get into alternative I use the air quotes again alternative and goth music and those kind of things like the Depeche Modes and the New Order and all of that time and television early stuff like the te- yeah, television yeah. and bands like that until later on when I my when you taste, could learn about it and appreciate it exactly more. when I started working mm-hmm. at the record store and I got exposed to it more exactly um, yeah. but I always found it highly ironic uh, the Ian Curtis story that he was in a band. He started a band called Joy Division, but he was so depressed. Yes, he was clinically depressed, which mm-hmm. is sad. I don't, I don't mean to make light of it. I just thought I found I found it ironic that he was called the band was called Joy Division, mm-hmm. um, and it they a solid band, definitely in that same vein of the of Depeche Mode and um, the, all the coolest that, album but, covers ever. And, it's still yeah, it's so iconic, and it's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's done in various uh, uh, people have forms. definitely yeah, yeah, yeah appropriate yeah. it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'd like to see that. Hopefully, if anybody else out there has seen that movie, uh, make mention in the comments and throw down, throw down your little uh, review of that movie so we know what to look for. What's your next choice, sir? Um, I, I don't know if I would say this is... I don't know. What we're talking about before we started recording, we're talking about Get On Up um, with the James Brown story. Yes. Uh, Chadwick Boseman. Obviously, another tragic story. Unfortunately, died. But a way to embody characters. Yes. Another guy who did a great, you know, um, Dan Aykroyd, who we forgot to mention in our previous episode of Actor uh-huh. Musician. You know, the Blues Brothers. Yes. Being from Chicago, the Blues Brothers are iconic in my book. They're up there. Dan Aykroyd was a producer and acted in that movie. You know, also was a producer on that. Who's that? Mick Jagger. That's right, Mick Jagger. Well, I think him and Ackroyd were producing partners for a while in a couple mm-hmm. movies. Yes. They pretty much claimed to have found Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> he was already around and acting and stuff, yeah. but they saw him and said that this was the guy to play this part, and boy, were they on the money. Yes. And it's a shame that James Brown, who also is no longer with us, was such a mean person to his band. I mean, fantastically tight band. We talk about when you meet your heroes. Yeah. You and I have met a lot of different act- yeah. uh, different actors and musicians over the years, uh-huh. and they tell you not to meet your heroes. Um, it's a shame, like, with this movie exposed about James Brown, what a taskmaster he was. Yeah. And all that great off-the-cuff banter on stage was scripted and rehearsed to death. Yeah. You know, and then, then everybody, you know, his trials and tribulations with drugs and alcohol are well-documented, too, so yeah. that was not a surprise. Yeah. So, yeah, Chadwick Boseman played a spot-on, Yeah. and the music in that movie was fantastic, because James Brown did give us some of the great R&B music of its time. He's credited with calming the city after the riots. I think mm-hmm. it was the Cleveland riots that happened. Okay. Was, it, was it Cleveland? I, I, I'm struggling for the exact. You know, if you want to look it up, you, you go into James, <laughs> if you go into James Brown's Wikipedia yeah. and stuff. But no, it was right after they had one of the riots that happened during the '60s. This is okay. definitely during oh, more okay. the. Um, the Martin Luther King era, 60s, mm-hmm. early 70s, time of the African Americans finally standing up for themselves and saying enough is enough, which deservedly so, not to go on a human rights tangent. During those times, one of the cities was in the midst of a riot, and James Brown did a live uh, show, and they credit with the fact that so many people were there, to, had to stop to watch this James Brown thing of keeping, starting mm-hmm. to bring the peace, right? basically, because they were 
People don't want to go out and riot. They'd rather go stay home yeah. and watch James Brown's concert, which is kind of odd, but it's, it's a piece of history, and you, know, you should look into that. Because I think that's interesting that he held that much sway within the mm-hmm. African-American community. <laughs> they would stop rioting yeah. to watch him play. And I think that as far as like us talking about people embodying a role, he's definitely up there with that. And Chadwick was able to do it in like quite a bit of different movies. We talked about also, as a side note, um, before we recorded is that he did Full 42 uh, with Jackie Robinson 41 41 I mean yeah for Jackie has Jackie yeah, Robinson Robin. yeah he definitely nailed that as well yeah you know here's one of these actors that you like still had his whole career ahead of him it's too bad well and it was amazing the fact that he was suffering with cancer and was still able to complete the Black Panther movie and he did uh, two I want to say two other movies mm-hmm. um, after Black Panther as well they weren't as well received as the MCU is uh, the MCU it's its own monster but the other movies he did were also very good and he still did those even though he was suffering with cancer as yeah. it was. Um, there was plenty of times that they talked about, if you watch some of the uh, biography stuff on some of these movies he made, that he would do his role or do his part, whether it was physical or not, and after they yelled cut, he would crumble to the ground. And people didn't know, because he was very cl- secretive about the fact that he was suffering with cancer. Mm-hmm. And people would go, what's this diva doing? He's falling, mm-hmm. falling to the ground, oh, so method and all that. Mm-hmm. And then when they were told later on that he had cancer, they felt pretty bad. But I mean, that, yeah. was, on, that was on Chadwick, because he kept it to yeah. himself. He's very private about it. And as I said, it was amazing how, and even during those last few years, he would still go to hospitals and cancer wards and stuff mm-hmm. and meet with young children because he was the Black Panther and Wakanda forever and everybody, you know, all of a sudden doing the Wakanda salute and all that and it's like he still did those things. So yeah, it just, not only was the movie good but he was a good human being. Somebody else that hit his cancer and that I hope gets a justified biopic, they did bring something out about a year or so ago talking about his coming to America for the first time. It was just an isolation of his career, and it was about him touring, trying to get his name out there, and that is um, David Bowie. Hid this, you know, going oh, through, yeah. Yeah. going through some, you know, tough things and then moving on in this world. Talk about somebody that's had an interesting career from beginning to end. Love to see a justified documentary on or, or biopic on him, for that matter. They did the, the, something with him and Mark. Mark Marion was like the uh, guy that plays uh, the promoter for him. And this documentary, not documentary, but biopic that talked about him coming here and getting him his name out there. And I, I can't think remember. I remember that. Yeah. I, th- I think I did see that. That was yeah, in the early in his career and trying to establish Bowie as an American artist or, or establish him in America as well outside of... And you're right, and, and that was pretty good, but I agree with you. That You talk about an artist that deserves a full-on beginning-to-end life story would be a Bowie. But, I mean, once again, that's another one that it has to take the right script, the right director, yep. and the right actor. Here's one that is put into biopics, but it wasn't really a biopic. It was somewhat a biopic. How should I put this? It was somewhat a biopic, but it wasn't really a biopic. Cause <laughs> it was, he's playing a character, but he's kind of a character close to himself. And that is 8 Mile, Eminem. Because that's not a factual based movie, right? Yeah, he did, yeah. I don't, I don't but think he grew up. But it's somewhat about on, him, right? Some of the some of the aspects of his character were based on his life, but not everything. He yeah, didn't, yeah. It wasn't. This wasn't a true to life biography. Yeah, but it was close. It was close, and it, like I said, it did touch on some of the things. And, and he did and, an excellent job. You it. know, and I, and I would I wouldn't claim Eminem to Marshall Mathers to be uh, a great actor, but for that role, he was very good. Like we yes. went on the previous podcast we were talking about these things these actors slash musicians 
he was good for that role. I don't know if he could pull off yeah. being an actor. If he does, he needs to. No, no he <laughs> he's similarly known as the greatest rapper living right now. So even even other rappers yeah. say that no one can be Eminem. <laughs> and then, ironically enough, an MCU actor made his appearance in that movie, and that's Anthony Mackie. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the late Brittany Murphy and. Mackay yeah, that, that was that was. A, I think that was a good movie. We well, can say the Rose is kind of in that same vein as well. That yeah, was, yeah, that yeah. was a Janis Joplin esque movie. It wasn't a hundred percent about Janis, but touched mm-hmm. on things about it. Uh, Boogie Nights is kind of the same kind of thing. It's not a music movie, but that's loosely based on the John Holmes story of mm-hmm. Lena, uh, Neverland and yeah. things like that. I mean, so there's you know sometimes sometimes it's, they they can't do it because of legal reasons. Sometimes just saying loosely based on makes it a little bit more interesting. Right. What do you got next? Uh, well, we we touched on it before too in our other uh, our other episode, uh, which is Straight Outta Compton. Yes. You know, as much as I mean, I'm a I'm a rap fan. I'm not I'm not a, I can't I can't speak to a lot of it. I'm not totally deep into it, but I do I like am, I do yeah. like a lot of rap i mean i came up in the early gangster rap era that was i knew about those things when i heard about this movie i'm thinking okay what is that there what's the story and when i sat down and watched this movie the stories of these different characters who came together not even characters these are real life people and how the ice cube character wasn't even really like in the compton thing he had to you know he was well he was but he was being bust to school and things like that Mm. and o'shea jackson playing his dad so it looks so much yeah. like him and right on the money and mm. all these different things, all these dis- different interesting stories of that life. You know, I didn't grow up in that yeah. lifestyle. And that's why a lot of... My favorite thing about you know, it is Dr. Dre. Just to see that this guy that just had this brain to make music and starting out where he started out, where he started out as and now becoming like this humongous freaking icon. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 the, an industry goer, you and know. And just and to have the ear for the beats and, and the, how the, the flow of the rhymes. And that was, that's where the whole, that's the key to rap right there. That's where it comes from. That's, that's what it is. It's, it's the beats and the flow of the rhymes. It's not just mm-hmm. the fact that they're rapping or the fact that there's no there's no band or whatever. There's there is a style to it. There is a art form to it. Some people just would may disagree. You know, I've had my love hate affair with rap music, so I can't. You know, I had do have to as a if I can't call myself an audiophile or if I want to call myself, I have to give it credence to a certain extent and understand how it's made and what it's about. And but all the going back to the the movie itself. Yes. All the actors, and I agree with you, the Dr. Dre character, how they introduced, like, Snoop Dogg coming in late, uh, what's his name, uh, guy who run Death Row Records, and bringing him in. Suge Knight. Yeah, yeah. So the Suge Knight characters, and things like that, to see those things come, coming about. Or how Easy e like you said earlier, was the big reason why they got there. Yeah, right? yeah Easy yeah, e mm-hmm. was the main focus. He's the one who put the band together for the most part, and, you know, and he was... The de facto leader, even though they really didn't have a leader, he was. It was kind of NWA was kind of his band to begin with, and mm-hmm. he's then how they, you know, splintered off and started doing their own things, yeah. you know, and and of different styles too. Oh yeah, because you know, Dr. Dre, I mean, you know, became this you know, this great producer and introduced the world to Snoop Dogg and, and to Eminem and you know and others. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I was right, but I mean, Ice <laughs> Cube went to more and went to, went to a certain style. Now he's become now he's an actor and you know thing. So it's like it's just it's funny to see that where all that started and. I, said it before in the other episode and I'll say it again it was tragic that the Academy overlooked that movie on every category mm-hmm. whether you know, and the actors on the the script on you know on the everything about that movie was well done and it was a shame that didn't it did not get recognized by the Academy more and it happens but that's it's mm-hmm. a shame 
you know. This is one that I surprised you haven't brought up yet. This is one of my brother's favorite movies of all time. <laughs> and that is? La Bamba. Oh, yeah, yeah. How, talk about, what we talked about career making roles again. Lou Diamond Phillips in yes. that role is, was career changing for him. It's a great and he, story. And he was fantastic. Yeah, it was a great story. You could almost uh, shoehorn in uh, Gary Busey as... Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly in a separate movie. He yes. didn't play Buddy Holly in this movie, but yeah. you know it's, they're connected because of the yeah. you know the day the music died. Will we ever you see know? a movie on the Big Bopper? I don't know. I'm trying you to think about everybody that was involved in that. So true. I mean, those are the three icons that died in that plane crash. Yeah. And but I mean, Buddy Holly was in the process of changing rock music. Oh, yes. He you know, by the way he played and produced and wrote. You know, you can say the same thing about Elvis, but Elvis was just a performer. He didn't have as much in to do with everything else yeah. as. Buddy Holly did was in the process of changing rock music as we know it, and yeah. still did even with the little he did. But if yeah. longer he would have lived, I think he would have had a bigger influence. Mm-hmm. And Richie Valens was one of the first, if not the first, well Brown, you know, Brown musicians. You know, they, they weren't prevalent. You know, they didn't have a lot of of, of, that, of that descent and of, at, at that time or you know coming up mm-hmm. in that style of music. That's why he was so different. Especially in Spanish speaking, you didn't remember how in the movie they talked about you can't do this song and nobody's going to understand it. Yeah. And you know, and the bottom line is, good music is good music whether you yes. understand the lyrics or not. You can mm-hmm. go to a song, you know, bands like Rammstein. People don't speak German, but they're very popular. Yeah. You know, so or I can even <laughs> say about one of my favorite bands, Ozomatli. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you're right. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. Same kind of thing. So it's music mm-hmm. is music, and he proved that he was one of the first. Yeah. And you know, Richie Valens and I can't remember the guy who played his brother. Um, I like him a lot too. He's a yeah. good actor. He's in a lot of. He's going to be in the new Mission Impossible movie that's coming out. But he's uh, he's very. Isai Morales. Yeah, yeah, Isai Morales. He's yeah, he's good in all the stuff he does too. He's always yeah. very good, and he was excellent as the brother. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that. That's a, that was a yes, also a very good movie. Yeah, it holds <laughs> up to this day. Yeah. Oh, it does. It definitely does. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I liked this. Didn't do very. I guess it did really well as a as a play, but didn't do great as a movie. The uh, I think and I think Eastwood uh, directed one too. The one about uh, Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Jersey Boys. Is it Jersey Boys? Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's right there. Yeah, Jersey Boys. I thought I watched that and I found that very quite interesting. Maybe because I'm just a fan of Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Yes. I grew up on a lot of the, the what they called oldies but goodies. That's what my my dad and my stepmom listened to a lot, so I, I grew up listening to a lot of that. So Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons is one of my all-time favorites as far in yeah. that in that genre. So I really enjoyed that. I thought the story was very interesting. The, the people who played the roles did a fine job. I found it very interesting that Frankie Valli was the one who kept the band or kept the music alive and kept playing and mm-hmm. to to because he had to two different he would pay all these different bills and financially help these people. He did it because he loved doing it, but he also had an ul- ulterior motive to help people with the the money he was making. So I thought that was But cool. that was like you were saying though too. It was like a that was a musical play before it was Yes, that movie. one was done yeah, done as a musical first and then was done and then it was it didn't it disappointed at the box office, but I thought it was enjoyable. Yeah. It too it was when I waited out until I saw it on, um, I think it was probably like DVD or cable at that time. So we're going to flip it now to the other side. You know, we're talking about uh, Richie Valens. This was made shortly after her death, too, I think it was. And that is Selena. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, How it, big it, that it, was? There's another one. That's another uh, career-making movie. Jennifer Lopez uh, was just beginning her acting career at that time. Yeah. And that threw her into the stratosphere because she nailed you're about embodying a character yes you know she she definitely uh, became selena it's interesting about that particular 
person because she was huge in the Tijano set and was on the cusp of becoming an international superstar. We, we know that because we were dealing with that in the industry. We were right there. We were, yeah, right, we were yeah. on the front lines and of retail, of, of, yeah, of, of watching it happen, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because the, the major label was buying all of her music up, and that's why there was the pull-downs of all the old stuff and because the, the new stuff was coming in because the, the major label had bought it all yeah, at that and time. she was going to do an English-speaking... Yeah. Oh, she, she had the English-speaking yeah, album yeah, yeah. done. Yeah. Um, and uh, then, unfortunately... Of you, um, which was... It's an excellent album. It was, mm-hmm. for, it, was right, it was right up there with the Madonnas of its time, that kind of music. And it was because of her that we got to have these artists like Shakira and Mark Anthony, you know, and all these other yeah, artists. Yeah, she come. definitely kicked open the door for yeah. the Latin explosion. Ricky Martin, those yeah. you know, of them, getting a larger audience. They're already exactly. there, but yeah. they, she opened the the door to the English-speaking audience to appreciate that yeah. music. We still watch that movie quite a bit. I didn't enjoy. I did not enjoy the Netflix series as much that they mm-hmm. did. That same podcaster who did the uh, Twenty Seven Club did an episode on her as well. And as far as I know, this is true because he tends to do a pretty deep dive research. But Selena, I guess there was more to her as a person that we didn't know and they didn't touch on it in the movie because she they were just this was just a, a fluff piece, I guess. Yeah. But I guess she was having an affair with some doctor in Mexico and that was uh, the, the lady who shot her knew about it and that mm-hmm. was part of the argument that came up. And now I don't know how true this is. I'm just I'm sharing information. You can go back and yeah. you know, do a little research on your own. So that's just, I thought that I found that interesting because I thought the Selena, the whole Selena story was interesting. Me, how oh, you know yeah. that when, what happened happened when it happened, and it just well it goes to show like some of these you know stories. That another reason why because there's really there's similarities towards the end of that movie or life like the Marvin Gaye. Something happens and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, how that happen? Or Sam yeah. Cook, same thing. Sam yeah. Cook got shot and killed, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like in a weird way. And yeah, that whole thing with Marvin Gaye, I guess you know, that that his dad was not only was his dad a jerk and you know, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of things, but I guess his dad was a cross dresser too. That was a weird story. Oh really? Yeah. See, yeah. I, was a, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, that, that yeah, his dad was kind of an uh, an odd bird to say the least. Speaking of odd birds. Uh, the one of the ones I saw on this list that caught my attention, I thought was rather, it was enjoyable. It wasn't a great movie, but it was enjoyable, was mm-hmm. the one about Liberace. Yes. Um, with uh, Matt Damon as the, the longtime partner, I air quotes again. You know, because I, I grew up in, in a, during the, the time when Liberace was at his height. And he was yeah. on all the all TV the shows, shows, you know, all the talk shows and all the big mm-hmm. shows, you know, uh, all the different, uh, you know, variety shows. Liberace was a staple on those things. Yeah. And how it was the worst kept secret in Hollywood, almost yeah. like almost like Rob Halford and Heavy Metal, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. like it was the worst kept secret. But that movie was interesting because how he wouldn't hide it, but would hide it. Yeah. And Michael Douglas, who played Liberace, yes. he played very was very oh good. Oh my in the gosh, role. this goes to show how he can just do everything. He's got yeah. Mike, Michael Douglas has a good range as an actor, and yeah. he was very good in the role. And just Liberace was just a character in real life. Yes. You know, it was interesting to see someone playing a character who also. Was a character, yeah. You know what I mean? It was kind, oh, of, yeah, kind yeah. of an odd thing. Well, I guess you can say the same thing about Elton John because Elton John was two different people on and off stage as well, you uh-huh. know. So, and I think Liberace played, but that was if you didn't see, haven't seen that movie, or you shy away of it for whatever the subject matter. It's not great. It's not really graphic. It's it's, but it was a very interesting and just you know he was Liberace was a one of a kind. Here's one that was not on the list that I just thought of, and I was like. Oh God! I wish more people would see it, just because it's just like a it's like a snapshot in time. When you think of the Ramones, Blondie, the Police, Talking Heads, Dead Boys, 
Who do you think of? What do you think of? CBGB. Yeah. I'm happy you brought that up because I thought about it early in the, when we first started the episode I, and put it in the back of my head. I wanted to talk about that movie mm-hmm. because that was a movie that came and went that I don't think anybody I saw know. except for you and me. Well, I mean, obviously some people have seen it, but yeah. it was a great little movie. About Hilly Crystal. Yeah, Hilly Crystal, yeah, who, who, who opened uh, CBGB's, and CBGB's is famously known for standing for country, bluegrass, and blues. That's yes. what the original idea yeah. for the band was. And o- OMFUG means only music for us guys, something, I, I believe, or I something did. along that line. Oh, it's a, okay. The OMFUG underneath CBGB's, mm. it's, it's the whole name of the bar is an acronym. You know, CB, country, bluegrass, and blues, only music for us generationally, or something something along that line. Yeah, can, yeah. It's easily found if you do a little research on on the Googles, get on the interwebs, and you can find out. Um, but yeah, but Hilly Christel, their late great Alan Rickman played uh, yes. Hilly Christel, and he was great in that role. Something so different for him. He was fantastic. Who celebrated a birthday this week, and who is no longer with us? Yes, Taylor Hawkins played Iggy Pop. Yeah, he played. He was fantastic as Iggy Pop. And then uh, one of my favorite uh, actors that not many people know is Donnell Logue, mm-hmm. played the bartender. Yes. Uh, Marv, who always uh, wore a construction hat for no apparent reason. <laughs> um, that was fantastic. Um, and it was, you talk about a slice of time and what the, yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. that happened in, in that uh, movie. Johnny Galecki played, he was in that movie. He had a good part. The guy who plays the partner in the National Treasure movies. He played the lead singer of the Dead Boys. Yeah. Um, he was in that. There's a lot of a lot of names in that movie, and it was just interesting to watch. I mean, if it was even half true, it was just amazing, all the stuff that went down. The lead singer of Psychedelic Furs played the cop in that movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. Like, there's these little gems out there that people don't right, know if about. If you have not, I, I can't, there's that movie, and the one I was going to bring up in a minute here, as something you should absolutely see if you're a fan of music, especially that early punk scene, mm-hmm. because, I mean, CBGB's obviously is known as the birthplace of punk, um, you know, and, and the Ramones, yeah. you know, because that's that was the big thing. And on the, I said the police played there, and the talking head lived across the street, and they were a bunch of shy art students who, yes. you know, who kind of found their way there and, and wound up playing there several times. And mm-hmm. uh, Patty Smith um, was another uh, yeah. regular there. And then, yeah, it's, it's, it's the story behind this place is just amazing. Exactly that, that you know the things you didn't know. You know, everybody knows of CBGBs. This is the story behind yeah. what you the you iconic know, bands that, and artists so that came out of there. You can find it on DVD. It's some it's on some of the streamers sometimes. Uh, I find it's on it and watch Amazon. It. You can get it on that. Yeah. I was going to bring up one that's it's a biopic, but it's not a specific biopic. It's kind of another one, Slice yeah. of Time. It's like almost like The Rose, but it's a comedy. Walk Hard. Yes. John C. Riley yes. playing yeah. playing the iconic character of a... And he goes through all the different styles of music, and they represent different things. Jack White plays uh, Elvis Presley in that movie. Yeah. Oh, watch out. Oh, <laughs> uh, he, he's... He has a five-second part in that movie, and it'll be—it's the standout role of that movie. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. But John C. Riley plays a Jerry Lee Lewis-esque character mm-hmm. who goes through all these different genres. He becomes—he's kind of a rock singer, country singer. Becomes a punk. Well, not really punk, but he is—they have a little—they have a little part in that movie that kind of plays on punk. Uh, he touches on the guy from the B- or from the Beach Boys. Yes. They, you know, becoming that type of character later on <laughs> to Brian becoming Wilson, yeah. yeah, becoming a Brian Wilson esque character mm. to becoming a 
a Roy Orbison type character, yeah. and it's you know it's it's a funny funny movie for someone like me. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, like you, have you seen that movie? Have you seen oh, that of movie? course. Yeah. Okay, not everybody has. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're a fan of music in yeah. general, and John C. Riley, who I I adore him, yeah. I, I like him as well. It's a great movie because it plays in all the different genres, yeah. and the supporting cast is good in that movie as well. And we live in a TikTok generation right now, and what TikTok is going around from that movie is the part where. John C. Riley walks into a room and they're smoking marijuana, and they're like, "Oh, you don't want to do this. This, this, this stuff is, you know." And they start going through all these yes. things. I'll leave it at that. Right. Just look for it out there. It's a great clip. Yes, that is a great clip. I'm surprised we didn't bring this one up. One of the greatest actors of all time, all time. Uh, finally got his due a few years ago and won an Academy Award. Gary Oldman, Sid Vicious. Oh yeah, how do we how do we miss Sid and Nancy? Because we yes. even touched on that in the last episode as well. Because Courtney Love uh, had a small role in that mm-hmm. movie. In fact, she was up for the role of Nancy, but didn't get it. Yeah, Chloe um, Webb had that. Yeah, Chloe Webb. Chloe Webb was fantastic in the role. And yeah, and come on, I don't know. I don't know if you can call that a career making role because Gary Oldman has is, done so, so many, many different roles. Yeah, so many different roles, and is amazing. But. If you think of Gary Oldman, you cannot think of Sid Vicious. Yes. And, you know, nobody, obviously nobody knows what happened at the end of that movie or, you know, what with Nancy and him, but they, the presentation is good. And just everything about that movie is, it goes beyond, cult. it's a cult classic, but it goes yes. beyond a cult classic in my book. It's one of those, you talk about, we were talking about ones you've watched every once in a while. I'll throw that on or I'll look for it and yeah. want to watch it, sit back and watch that movie. Because, yes, yeah. uh, he... It's a great movie. It's a, it's it's a shame that there hasn't been a documentary movie about the Sex Pistols because yes. I think find that's a very they have weird a TV interesting. show about it. They had the TV series which was very good. If you haven't seen yeah, that, Pistol, I reckon if you haven't seen Pistol, yeah. watch that. There's a there's a very much a uh, Steve Jones, uh, what's her name from the Pretenders? Chrissy Hine. Hine kind I had of no idea until I watched that. I didn't know that either, and it's yeah. very interesting. And I I didn't. I don't remember anything being said. I don't remember Chrissy Hine coming out and really discussing much yeah. about it after that. You know, because you know whose daughter that is to place him in that too. I do not. Um, I do, the guy I, from um, Friday Night Lights. Did you watch Friday Night Lights? I you? do. I did, but I don't remember who. Chan- Chandler, Kyle Chandler. Okay, that's his daughter. So, I don't know if yeah. I knew that. See, yeah. I learn. I learn something every time we get together. Yeah, <laughs> but that, no, that's that yeah. Sid and Nancy, highly recommended, and I guess that's. It's kind of a biopic of just Sid that touches on the Sex Pistols. You know, the guy was a no-talent, uh, <laughs> yeah, roused about who just was a, a character in life and it made for a great movie. And Gary, Gary and, and Bob- cannot... I mean, I go through his, like, catalog of movies. He's played Beethoven. He's played a weirdo bad guy in Fifth Element. He's played a scary bad guy in Leon. Yeah. Like, he is just... Well, the fifth album is classic. And, True romance. Uh, True Commissioner Gordon. He, you know, oh being, my me God. being the Batman yeah. guy, he played one of the best versions of Commissioner Gordon. Yes. You know, so yes, he's a an actor with range. You know, for sure, he can play. And this was you know, the breaking movie that really. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, well, I don't know if it was career making, but definitely brought open the door to get more. Roles. It brought, brought attention to him that he can look at look at what this guy can do here. You know, what else can he do more? What's your next one, Yellen? You know, I well, I'm kind of stuck on this quasi biopic movies mm-hmm. um that's another one that's I, I really love that touched on the whole iggy pop david bowie uh, aesthetic yeah. which is now the name escapes me it's a great movie talking about that time it's about the early beginnings of glam and oh yes you and mcgregor yes you and mcgregor plays the uh, um the iggy pop or the yeah the iggy pop character in that movie 
Velvet Goldmine. Velvet Goldmine. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, so the movie's called Velvet Goldmine, mm-hmm. and Ewan McGregor has a part in there. He plays the Iggy Pop-type character, and uh, the, I can't... The, who's the lead in that movie, if, if you have it up there? Because uh, he play. I like him. He's a, one of my favorite actors as well, even though his name escapes me right now. But he plays... Jonathan Rice. Jonathan Rice Myers plays the... Christian uh, Bale's in it, too. Yes, Christian Bale plays the... Um, the journalist who's researching the story, and Jonathan Reese uh, Myers plays the David Bowie-esque character who kind of finds his way into the glam scene, and, you know, yeah, Eddie Izzard plays the manager yeah. in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's another one, that, you know, I said, it's not a true biography, it's more of a biography of the times yes. and the uh, the style of music coming up at that time. It, I, it, that has a fantastic soundtrack as well as the a, a good movie. As I said, it's not really a, a biopic, but uh, I, said, maybe, I guess that would yeah. be a style and slice of time uh, biopic. I'm surprised you haven't brought this one up yet. And I read the book first, so when I heard the movie was coming out, I was kind of like, I don't know if they're going to be able to get everything in there. I don't, I still don't think they got everything from the book in, <laughs> into the movie. They almost never do with books to movies. But the book is just so outrageous when you read it. When you read it for the first time, like, oh my fucking god! I know, we, I know exactly what you're going to say. Dirt. The dirt, exactly. Yeah. That yeah. Well, you're right because I read, this, I when I read that book, cause I read it as well, and that's one of my favorite rock and roll. I haven't laughed out loud reading a book that hard since I read the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide tr- uh, series. Uh-huh. That that book series makes me laugh. The Dirt, I can't remember a time where I laughed as hard and as much. Reading and, you're, and you're reading it going, did this really fucking happen? I did. And, <laughs> and I couldn't believe that these guys were the biggest band on the planet during the time of this writing of the book that the, this book is taking place. Yeah. These guys were the hugest band in the world and they were a bunch of drug-addled you know, alcoholic uh-huh. fall down people who could barely stand, and yet they were you know putting on concerts. Now I also have to qualify this with the fact that I've said before, this, and I'll say it again: Motley Crue is one of my all-time favorite live bands. Seen them five times; they've never disappointed. But I will not see them anymore because Vince can't do it anymore. I'm sorry, the guy yeah. needs to hang it up. I love him; I love the band. But you know, there comes a time when you just can't do it anymore. You should walk away. It's unfortunate. Mick Mars recently had to stop touring because yeah. of his degenerative bone disease, mm-hmm. and it's amazing he made it long as he did. But to his credit, he finally said, "I can't do this anymore." Walked away, and they brought in a great guitar player in John Five. John Five is an amazing guitar player. Yeah. If you if you don't know his stuff. Search him out. He's great. He can handle the Motley Crue stuff easily. But The Dirt, as a movie, is great. It was hilarious, even though it wasn't like you said. They didn't get everything from the book, which you know that happens. And yeah, most times, yeah. there's stuff that has to be cut for time or whatever. But uh, yes, the the antics that happened. We talked about Machine Gun Kelly. Colson Baker. We were talking about Machine Gun Kelly uh, off off the air and uh as much as i think he's only a so-so he was good in the role as tommy lee he played the role very well yeah. you know he and so and it was it was interesting the shenanigans that happened that was the height of hair metal excess you know and yep. those guys lived it up like you know like nobody else could and, and probably will ever again yeah it's uh one of these things that you're like okay what are they gonna do here and then you watch it and you're like oh my gosh you know like they it was, it's kind made of, me laugh it made me way. laugh too all through it too but you know you're kind of shocked and you know the fact yeah. that uh that um, uh, the ozzy osborne uh. yeah. <laughs> if anybody saw the most recent super bowl commercial where ozzy saw, says right to the camera i've done my share of bad things 
Hell, I've done your share of bad things. He's not lying because he knows who he is and what his past yeah. was. But yeah, the Ozzy Osbourne part in that movie, I guess, actually did happen because it's been uh, well documented a couple different times yeah. that were talked about. And you know, the, the whole ant thing, you know, snorting ants and throwing feces on the bus, you know, that things like that. Yeah. Touring with Ozzy was, I guess, a unique experience back mm -hmm. in the day. And it's know? too bad he had to cancel his tour, man. It's you know, sad. well, it's the, really the man sad. is lucky to be alive, and he gave us so many good years um, mm -hmm. and so much great music. Uh, he's allowed, as far as I'm concerned, to to retire gracefully. He's still going to put out music, so that's that's that fine. Last I, album, I, I, I liked it. It's a very good album, and well, well deserved of the Grammy wins, which yeah. I'm very happy for. I'm a huge, I'm a big Ozzy fan. I don't, I didn't know necessarily accept his lifestyle, but I mean, I the guy with the heavy metal. He's he is the at the forefront of the heavy metal trilogy or the heavy metal uh, trinity. Well, probably eventually see something on him and maybe even Black Sabbath someday. I wouldn't mind that either because you talk about the band that started heavy metal and he, that's well deserved. Yes. And, you know, need, they need a decent, I know there's been biographies done out there or, you know, done out, not biographies but like uh, movies done about them but I'd like to see an actual biopic. I think that would be interesting. The one that popped up on here that I've not seen but I've seen it on a lot of different lists it kind of goes through the same realm of, um, you're talking about Velvet Goldmine is, um, 24-hour party people. Yes, that's has to do with electronic era. Um, it says Factory Records is the name yes. of it. Yeah, it definitely is one I have to check out at some point. I I don't. I've seen it. That's, the, that's uh, what's his name? I can't remember. But it's all about. The, it's probably about the, be, be, the beginnings of the house music scene, right? And mm -hmm. electronica and yep. things like that. I think I I want to know. I know about it. I don't Steve know if I actually... Coogan's the main actor in that. Yeah. Yeah. Here's ones that oh you talked about. Uh, I'm surprised I didn't think about this. You were talking about um, Walk Hard, Spinal Tap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> come on. I mean, come on. Well, then we could talk about... We, we Let's that definitely way. talk about Spinal Tap. Yeah. Are you kidding? Spinal Tap is the iconic movie. Um, it's the it's the coup de grace of fake band movies. Yes. You know, um, if you've never seen it, you must... Oh, my uh, God. And if, you're a fan, and, and if you're a fan and you own the DVD but have never watched it with the commentaries on, you are missing out. It's probably the, it's funnier than the movie itself because the band does commentary in character. The actors do the, the commentary in character. <laughs> no and way. It's, you will piss yourself because <laughs> the movie itself is hilarious, but then to hear them talking about themselves yes. as the band, unbelievable. I've, I've been lucky enough to see Spinal Tap live. Which yes. was amazing. So, but so that being that movie, we're talking. Go back to our previous episode we did together. Actors who are musicians, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're they're all for them. Played their own, yeah. songs, sang their own songs. They wrote. They wrote all their own stuff. So I mean, you know, you could you know, who would have thought Squiggy was a heavy metal star? You know, <laughs> <laughs> or Lenny. I mean, not Squiggy Lenny. <laughs> and then uh, Rob Reiner directed that. Um, Good old Marty DeBerge, that was his character there. And <laughs> they, they, come on, classic lines, but these go to 11. You know, oh tuna fish that has no bones, you know. Uh, you know uh, I heard they're supposed to be doing something with that again. So. The Spinal Tap sequel is in the works. Yes. I think it comes out next year, I believe. But that, yeah, Christopher Guest, who's had this amazing career. The Who Who on a pro improvisational movies. I mean, all his movies are improvised. Right. They, they basically get the character and then say, okay, we're going to go put you... Well, Spinal Tap was mostly improvised as well. They yeah. had a loose script about a Brock band. No and, script. Right, yeah. and, you know, I said, yeah, and... Um, uh, you know, the director came in and said, "Okay." And then him playing the part of the director was was classic, and you know, was doing these things. And you were going to mention something then. You said that you you, you wanted to go down that loophole of uh, of what of uh, like movies like Walk Hard and Spinal Tap. Oh no, I said I, I just mentioned because it, it, it got me on this this these movies that aren't really biopics of a of a 
of a specific performer, but they're loosely based. Or uh-huh. about, they said, they walk cards about a genre. Um, all the gold mines about a genre as well. Spinal Tap is kind of, like I said, it's a fake band, but it's done for it's done for parody. Yeah. But they but they wound up putting out two pretty solid albums, and you know, did a couple tours, you know, live tours, and that were pretty good. Blues Brothers. Uh, the Blues Brothers, yeah, I yeah. guess that, that started off as a parody as well, and Saturday Night Live, and then turned into something real. You know, well, exactly. They had put out several albums, and and well, to their credit, John Belushi was a pretty decent blues singer. Yeah. He did he did the parody of what's his name, Joe Cocker, Joe Cocker with Joe Cocker. Yeah, they did it together. You yeah. talk about an artist signing off on something; they did it together. And if you can't, if you've never seen that, and you're a fan of Joe Cocker, you have to look that up on YouTube as well. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's so much fun because. Joe Cocker, I mean, sorry, John Belushi almost does Joe Cocker better than Joe Cocker. <laughs> and then, and the Blue Brothers is considered one of the best musical comedies of all time, too. Well, because you had John Landis directing, and um, Steven Spielberg actually even cameoed in that movie. He's the clerk in the office yes. at the end. Um, but I mean, but you talk about we, Frank we talk Oz about, is the correction officer. Exactly, and we talked about and. Uh, Oh, Joe Walsh is the first inmate to jump on the table at the end. Yes. Yes. We talk, but you talk about people who are being uh, actors in movies and things like that. How many different people were in the Blues well, Brothers movie? We talked movie? about uh, uh, you know, James Brown. Well, James Brown's in there. The John, right John Lee River. Hooker, uh, Ray Charles. Chica Khan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aretha Franklin. Yes, Carrie Fisher. I know she's not a musician. <laughs> right, but still, I mean, all yeah. the people that are in that movie and just you know, yes, the, so how could we forget that? You know, as a Yes, you know. just a great, and it's considered one of the, you know... But being from Chicago... Oh, that's why I think we were partial. But they did this movie that was a love letter to the city. Yes. That movie was a love letter to the you know, Chicago and its people because yeah. of everything that was... Because the, the city and the surrounding, surrounding suburbs were just as much a character. Yeah. You know, come on, it was a Chicago cop car that yeah. they, that they, that they well, had. And I wanted yeah. to talk about this earlier because I'm trying to think of, like, you know, we talk about great soundtracks and movies with music and stuff like that. One of our favorite like directors of all times and writers always had a love letter to Chicago. Also, was John Hughes. Oh, absolutely. John yeah. Hughes movies were like you could point out like all the places in Chicago in his movies and stuff. You yes, know? especially when Ferris Bueller definitely the most iconic of them all. Sherman, you know. Right, Shermer, Shermer High, sorry, you know, sorry, yeah, yeah, everything, yeah. all those. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're, they're, everything they were the location was as much a character as the characters in the movie. You know, the reason I bring him up is because. He was able to put music in his movies that stood the test of time. They I mean, still do. Don't yes. you forget about me? Is you know the classic yes. track with you know the arm, the fist in the air. But I mean that was yeah. that song from Breakfast Club. OMD! Yeah. If you leave yeah. from Pretty in Pink, exactly. Or um, Pretty in Pink itself. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep. You know. Oh yeah, the, the, he was another one of these directors who understood. Um, that the music is also as important, or the soundtrack of the movie is as important as the movie itself. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Tarantino does that. Uh, James Gunn with the Guardians movies. Yes. You know, doing there's lots of just lots of directors out there who understand that. And whether they've been used before or they were a movie or a song for the movie, mm-hmm. it's you know it's important. It fits the you know, it's the narrative of the of the movie. Yeah, and it's definitely will definitely be a topic we go down at some point. Is that we'll probably do that directors and soundtracks. You know. And, why it would like the soundtrack would not fit in this movie you know we can, you, you can talk i've already talked about great soundtracks but soundtracks and directors and how they can fit 
their music that they love into their movies, you know. Uh, one of the most iconic ones that came to mind just now is uh, Little Green Bag and uh, Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Not Pulp Fiction, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Walk, the walking down the slow motion, walking down the oh, street with Little Green yeah, Bag. Yeah. You know, because you can't hear that song now and not visualize that scene. Oh, yeah. You know, and, that, and who would I mean, people knew that song. You know, people who mm-hmm. in that grew up in that era knew of that song. But now there's a whole new generation or generations who associate that that song oh, to that scene. Come on, yeah. One per, one group that I'm finally glad they loosened their belt up on putting music. I think probably, and I'm pretty pretty sure that Cameron Crow was a big reason for that, because Cameron Crow I think kind of got the Stillwater. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is Led Zeppelin? You know, he he was he was he knew you know he knows the guys from Led Zeppelin because he had, got to interview him when he was a kid. Sure. So they kind of loosened their belt a little bit on putting movie their songs in their movies, and you're seeing it a lot more now. You saw it in Thor. And, and I just saw a preview the other 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 night. What did we see? Um, the preview for Dungeons and Dragons has a Led Zeppelin song in it. That's right. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, so it's good to see, you know, like rock and roll artists, you know, loosen up, be able to use their music in movies. It depends. And stuff I mean, for I, iconic scenes. I don't. I don't like mind that. it in movies so much. Uh, I oppose it more in commercials. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes it works. We'll probably at the end of the end ser- in this episode on these little tidbits. Uh, Bob Seger and like a rock. Yeah. You know, that, that song there being used as a you know yeah. for the for the truck commercials. But that then in turn helped the artist because people are like, Oh, that's a great song and then and then leads yeah. them to listen to other stuff by that artist. But I like how they can make fun of it too. They did that this weekend with the whole P. Diddy commercial. And I thought oh, that yeah. was pretty fucking good. That was pretty good. Diddy <laughs> Diddy don't do jingles. But it's only one song. Don't even like a jingle? No, just one song. Diddy don't do jingles. <laughs> so it was yeah I did I did get a how many people that. popped up in that video though yeah. like you had fucking um it's Friday night and <laughs> um I can't even think of his name who was the guy that did that song well I mean I don't know you can go, to, you can go down the hole and grab a hole no, there because they, they just had so many people in there that were from the past I thought that was pretty funny mm-hmm. even the guys with the the Icelandic guys or whatever with the the, the fox and the Oh yeah, fox yeah, goes, yeah. <laughs> I was laughing the so. Fox, the fox. Yeah, he's like, yes, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they start cussing at him or whatever <laughs> in the language, and I was like, that's what I love. I love that we, you know, when you can make fun of yourself and you can pop in, you know. Exactly. But no, I think this was a great. There's a lot more probably out there that we forgot about when it comes to uh, great musical. Yeah, biopics. and if you think of a few, you know, John's always looking. The music scene's always looking for comments, and yeah, you know, we want to hear, or he wants to hear what. the... What you have to say and you know, things yeah. that we missed and maybe ideas for episodes, sure. You know. Yeah, maybe we could even go down. I think next time we talk, we'll try. That's, what do they always say? Smash that like button. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, hit subscribe. <laughs> hit subscribe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we, you know, I'd like to see. I'd like to see music seeds get bigger and bigger. I enjoy doing this. Hope yeah. you enjoy listening to it. Yes. And thank you, sir. Thank you for uh, joining us here. And uh, until next time, folks, do your best to take care of each other out there. There you go, folks. The best biopics. I hope yours was included in that bunch. There's a ton out there, so I know we missed quite a bit. But that is definitely a majority of some of the best ones that are out there. I hope you were turned on to something that you have never heard of before. And if you would like to get a hold of Mr. Jack Miller or myself, you can do so through email at ozomatfan at msn.com. That is ozomatfan at msn.com. You also can get a hold of me through Facebook at Music Made Seeds at Facebook. Please follow that page if you would like to. Also, TikTok at Johnny Come Lately. I always put up nice little promo up there with some music. I enjoy doing those. 
And I also have a Instagram at Johnny Evans or John Evans. Please uh, get out to me, Mr. Miller, or any of my previous cohorts. Um, there's more to come. I have some plans with some new folks to sit down, discuss some music. And we'll also go down some more rabbit holes of great conversations here in the near future. My last few weeks have been up to a few things other than being sick. In case you haven't noticed, my voice has gotten a little deeper because of the flu I'm getting over. A slew of great things to come. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up was last night I was fortunate enough to see, with some good friends of mine, Billy Idol here at the Mission Ballroom. It was very, very taken back how awesome it was. It was a great show. Had such a great time hearing all those classic songs. But also, just to see Billy up there kicking ass, I hope he definitely gets in this year for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't see why he won't. He's in the lead, it looks like, a lot of the times for the votes. So he'll finally get his just due this year. Another thing I wanted to bring up is a good friend of mine, Dustin Folk, who you heard in a previous podcast, is going to be coming out with a new album here within the next week or so with his new band, EWL. I would love for all of you to check it out. And lastly, one of the coolest things I've seen here in the past week that I would love to go out and check out is Power Trip. Power Trip Festival is going to be out in California, and it has a slew of who's who's bands that are heavy metal. When I saw this announced, at first I thought it was fake, and then I remembered a few years back that they did something similar with a lot of other classic rock bands. This is going on October 6th, 7th, and 8th, out in Empire Polo Club in California. The first night, Friday night, is Guns N' Roses and Iron Maiden. The Saturday night show is ACDC and Ozzy Osbourne. And then the Sunday night show is Metallica and Tool. This is not fake, and this is not a test, folks. You should go check this out if you are heavy metal fans. What a three-night show of shows, man. That is going to be a great time. We'll see if yours truly will be lucky enough to go out to that or not. Lastly, I just want to thank you folks for checking out the show. I love hearing back from you. And I like hearing the little critiques on things that we could improve on. Believe me, I take those notes seriously. But overall, I love to see all the amounts of people out there that love music just as me. And like I said at the end of the episode here, if you folks could do me one big favor, and that is please do your best to take care of each other out there. And until next time, take care. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us.